just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So this is how it's going to start it back up. Chris has been shitting on Coco all, all year. God, this guy. I'm, look, I'm going to put him in double digit goals. He couldn't even get off the plane properly. He got hurt right yeah. off the but right yet, off the steps. But yet you're making love videos for Robbie Robinson. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 40 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, accompanied by, as always, my co-host, Chris Duran. And we have a very special ghost, the man himself, Wario, pink and black, rosa negra, hair, beard. He got it all. But before we move on to my man, Wario, let me pass it over to my co-host, Chris. How are you doing, sir? I still I still laugh every time I hear you talking about the Robbie Robinson in the intro. How I made him a love a love video. <laughs> you did make hilarious. him a love video. <laughs> and oh, you God. shit on Coco all the time for no reason. Hey. Uh, right, tell well, him, okay. tell him, tell him. Hey, tell him, bro. People, people be shitting on Coco. Trust me, I'll be defending Coco all day, dog. I'm like, yo, he's a 71 in FIFA. And he comes from League One. You know what I mean? That's gotta give you something. That's gotta, he's, that's he's gotta a silver rare. Yes, he's a silver rare, right? Rare. Bernie, Bernie is already a well-battered hair on guest because <laughs> we use those FIFA ratings when we when we don't know about yes. somebody go to the FIFA ratings because that that's how we know we're like okay FIFA got to know something all right they well, do, right like you don't like, you don't get that rating for nothing I'm saying so like we said uh we have our special guest here Bernie from La Ventanita podcast and we also have uh Vice City member so uh how you doing Bernie I'm doing great, bro. Just got back from NYC. I know the the boys got got a lot of history over there, so excited to be on with you guys. Share share something about the trip. So, um, definitely super tired. The time change really hurt, but yo, I'm I'm hyped, bro. I'm super hyped. Still still riding the train. We got Toronto this weekend. I'm so hyped to talk some in it right now. Oh well, I, oh you got you got some people that 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 love Bernie. We got Steve Munoz here. Bernie is the man. Well, let me tell you something with the hair and the beard for sure. If there's a camera panning anywhere, you're gonna stop and you're gonna get the camera. So if that was the goal, I'm sure you're gonna get that 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 still image. Uh yeah, yeah. A few of them came out already. Not as many as I expected, but all <laughs> good, bro. If, if I get them, I get them. You know what the best part is? Like if I'm rewatching on Apple TV, it's really easy to find myself <laughs> and be oh, like, yeah. oh shit, that was me right there. <laughs> so well, we wanted to ask you, right? So you just got back from NYC. You went to the game. So we kind of wanted to ask you before we get into the the, the the sandbox that is the soccer field in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> since you were there, we want to know what was the experience like? Because I was at, like a lot of our listeners already know, I was at one point an NYCFC supporter, but I didn't go to too many home matches, right? We'd go to the Orlando games or other away games. How was the environment at Yankee Stadium? Like, how was the game day experience? Uh, top to bottom, dude. It was it was a pretty cool experience. I'm. We started off around Central Park. We got together and, and did a little pregame there, sang some songs and, and just, you know, did our pregame thing. We're over there. It was between um, three supporters group. It was IMS, uh, Vice City, and um, NRN. And all three of us got together. We had a little shindig. It was nice by the time everybody got together. There was actually a bodega right across the street, too. I got three chopped cheeses. We ate two of them on the subway before getting on there. We had um, We got beers over there. We got ciders and stuff. Uh, we were drinking our wine and coke like always. It was it was dope. And then we walked over to a subway station. We took the subway station um, to a stop where like police were trying to escort us, you know, because uh, it's not really friendly between us and the NYCFC supporters right now. Mm. So um, 
But as soon as we got off from the subway station, it, it was their home opener. I'll tell you what. I saw some dope shit, man. They had like this little like under a subway rail area, like around some bodegas and shit. Kind of looked like GTA fucking Liberty City. It looked really dope. And they had that shit slammed with people with the smoke and the drums. Well, and- that, that's where they do their march. They march in down that street. It's Riviera Avenue. Yeah, it looked really dope. I'll tell you that. Like I was walking by and I'm like, yo, Rivera that- Avenue, my fault. Like they got a good setup. They got a good setup out there like that. I, I yo, I grew I grew up my whole life going to NYC in the summers. I got family over there. My my mom was over there when I was a kid. And um it's just it's just a fun city to me. I've always liked the vibes over there. Um yeah. I was I, I was telling you guys earlier, I was tempted by NYCFC in the beginning, but I, I held thin thick and through because Beckham announced in 2014. I, I kept my faith or whatever. I, I lingered over to Miami FC for a little bit. Everybody knows about that one. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it was cool. It was cool. I, I definitely appreciate what they're doing. Um, I, I do think that we activated them a little bit. I'll, I'll bring that beef out. I think their supporters were kind of weak before uh, Vice City and La Familia came out. Um, right. And I think I think the rest of the league kind of woke up a little bit when we came out. They kind of felt a little bit like... Um, riled Taking like okay look at these guys yeah they were kind of like who are these guys they're doing stuff differently and and i think we 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 kind of did better for the league and and and, I, and that's always a good thing but yeah the the next part yankee stadium coming in was pretty smooth they had us like in this one back section our, our, our section was pretty bad it was like where the like the bend was like right where the bend is and we were like uh behind one of the where the there, outfield is where the outfield is yeah and it, it was mm-hmm. it was my first time at yankee stadium ever and my dad was okay. a yankees fan before i was born because there was no Marlins. I was born the same year as the Marlins. He was a Marlins fan after that. So it was a cool experience. I've always wanted to go to old Yankee Stadium. You guys, hey, you guys might might get a little mad here. I wasn't too impressed with the stadium. That's coming from a guy who's been going to Marlins Park, who has all the bells and whistles, and I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I hear me, I hear that a lot though. I hear that a yeah. lot from people that go to the new Yankee Stadium that they're not impressed. It's more of a I, museum. I would, it is, it is. And I would have rather, if it's going to be a museum, though, I'd rather it be Old Yankee Stadium. And I know a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. No, I would have loved Old Yankee Stadium to stay around, but it doesn't yeah. exist anymore, unfortunately. But they yeah. have a, an awesome, it, I mean, I'm sure you didn't take the tour, but it's, it's basically a museum in there. They have a ball yeah. signed by every player that's ever worn a Yankee jersey. And it's pretty dope. I mean, not to get too much into baseball on this podcast, but it is a dope <laughs> stadium. Um, t- t- to, to stop the baseball real quick, though, I will tell you this. I'd like to go for a baseball game, though. I'd like to go yeah. see the Yankees there, and I think my view would change. And actually get to explore. We, we were cornered off there. The field, it was, it's like you said, sandbox. It, it did look really, really thin. It wasn't as thin as I expected, but either way, I felt like it was a, a well-played game out there. I think it was a well-played game, and the experience was cool. We saw Beckham. Beckham was on top of us. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. That was dope, yeah. That, that was pretty cool, and it was cold, 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 bro. It was really, really, really cold. And just to talk before we get into the game, the as far as the dimensions go for a soccer field, because a lot of people are talking about you know the width. In case anybody was curious as the actual numbers behind the dimensions of the field, I'd love a regulation field is 80 by 120 as far as yards, 80 yards by 120. The 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 one in Yankee Stadium is 70 by 110. Okay. Ooh. Now 10 Ooh. yards is 30 feet. So if we're talking about width, right? If you take 30 feet away from the width, you're taking away 15 feet from each side. That's why it's so narrow in because Negri has 15 feet less to work with on the left side. Yedlin has 15 feet left to work with on the right side. It's a very narrow pitch. Everything is a lot more compact, right? And then you don't, t- you can't tell. Uh, it doesn't make as much of a difference, I guess, as far as length goes because those 10 yards, 30 feet, 15 from each side doesn't feel as bad, but it's also very compact that way also. 
So it, it is compact. And just so you guys know, there's been a lot of managers that go out there and they're questioning if it's even 70 by 110. <laughs> a lot of them have said that they think it's 66 yeah. by 106, which is not even regulation for FIFA. But, you know, I guess their MLS is kind of just letting that slide. Hey, well, as, a, as a middle school, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, and that speaks volumes because, I mean, it's they were just turning the ball over both teams all over the place. Like, nobody was able to get clean, clean passes through. You were saying, Wario? As, as a middle school soccer coach, I can confirm there's probably some tomfoolery going around with the field. Yes. Because it's hard <laughs> to sometimes make fields out of, the, like, small spaces like that. And if you come out with a measuring tape as Phil Neville, <laughs> you might discover some, some bad news over there. But, it, you know, it, do, it did affect both sides. It does affect both teams. But I think at the end of the day, the advantage does go to NYCFC, who's used to playing there. And yeah. the, the proof is in the pudding. When you look at the numbers, there's very few teams who have ever taken three points there. And even not that many more that have taken even one point there. It's really hard to win there. And, at, yeah. hey, it might have affected in the own goal as well, right? They're coming in off a free kick. It's a lot closer. You know, like you yeah. said, it's a lot more narrow. So um, it, it, it did suck. But, you know, it is what it is. We move on to the next one. Well, I guess we'll get into the game. Uh, like we said, it, it's it's a, it's a crazy home field advantage, in my opinion. Like we were talking about on Wednesday, I wanted to predict the win because I felt like NYCFC wasn't playing great, and we were playing pretty well. But I, I think people underestimate the home field advantage that it is to play on that narrow pitch. Not because wow. we can't do it, but because we're not accustomed to it. If you give us three or four games in a row playing there, I'm sure we'd play a lot better. But you play there once a season, and they won't go back unless we go to the playoffs until next year, where NYCFC is there every single week, right? Even though this was the first home game, I mean, they're, they're accustomed to playing in this narrow pitch. They can move the ball around a lot easier, and they know how to pressure there. They would collapse on Pizarro or other players. and Or, for example, when they were collapsing on Drake, like usually he goes wide to Yedlin or Negri out on, on the wings. He can't because there isn't that much space to go out wide. So it's we were getting pressed a lot more. And it's just it's a crazy home field advantage that they have. And it's unfortunate, but I mean it it is what it is. And I guess you really can't complain because every team has well, every Eastern team has to go out there and play in the same situation. Well, and and the wild part about it is, to be honest, when I was watching the game, right? I mean, this is NYCFC's first home game too. So you could tell that they weren't as acclimated as you think they would be as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure three, four games from now, they're gonna be monsters on that field it's going to be crazy and so the first game you could tell that they just finished playing on actual soccer fields i mean i don't know if they practice like in a basement or something just to make sure that they get accommodated to that dumbass field but i mean wario you saw the game it, it seemed like it was sloppy from both teams at that point yeah it's it seemed like a game of ping pong between both teams right and i was surprised to see that we won the possession battle i i, I was reading that this morning and I was like, we won the possession battle because, yeah, I did feel like we possessed really well, but both teams were giving the ball up in, in areas. And that's a product of that crappy field. And, if you know, it, it yeah. for NYCFC fans, yeah, it's great. You play in NYC proper. But as MLS, Don Garber, you've given them enough years. Make them play in Harrison, bro. I, it, it's dumb. And especially yeah. if it's going to be in the playoffs, like if it's playoff implications or like open cup implications, it should be in Harrison. I'm sorry. like, And, and I know Neville comes off as like, kind of ridiculous sometimes to people when he like gets really pissed at the media about the dumb shit that happens in MLS. But I'm right there with him, bro. The MLS works ass backwards sometimes, especially with shit like that. Um, you don't see that in any other 
league, soccer league, anywhere around the around the world. Obviously, you see it in baseball. Speaking of baseball, because the dimensions of the fields are different. That's what makes baseball cool. That I'll tell you what, going back to Yankee Stadium, I was looking at it. I go, wow, this is a hitter's park. This is a hitter's park. No wonder so many records have been oh, broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. Coming from Marlins Park, I'm like, holy shit, it's it's very small. You know, I'm like, you mm -hmm. could hit. I could probably hit a dinger from there. I was thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and wow. and and you're talking about 57 percent that Inter Miami had the ball for, and they only let off six shots. Inter uh, NYCFC let off 13 total shots. Yeah, but like now that you bring up the shots, now that you bring up the shots, I will say, although. There probably isn't a lot of positives to come out of this game. I will say one positive is that in the first half, I felt like they were finally finding Joseph. Because I feel like Joseph, they haven't been finding Joseph with the ball and in good positions for him to take a shot. But he yeah. was getting opportunities. He just didn't convert. But a positive, they're finally looking for Joseph and finding Joseph. A second positive, Joseph played 90 minutes. Like, yeah, maybe he's not. he hasn't knocked the complete rust off. But he was able to run 90 minutes. Well, maybe the fact that it's a compact field helps that a little bit because he doesn't have to run as much, maybe. But yeah. for the most part, he was out there 90 minutes. And that's a positive because that means his fitness is coming up. He's going to start knocking the rust off really soon, I would hope. So I think those are two positives to take out of the game. Now, Bernie, were there any positives that you took out of this game? Yeah, big Drake energy right there, bro. We saw, we saw a monster game from him, whereas there were a few in, in the first two games – he, we used them time to time. He didn't have to make any crazy saves, right? The defense was doing really well in, in both of those games, but it seemed like he was holding down the fort big time. He, he looked like Tim Howard 2014 vibes, you know, just stopping anything that was coming against in Belgium. against Belgium, right? Like he was, bro, Drake, Drake is going to be a special player. As, as Once he could find his footing and, and start working with his feet, man, we're going to be able to, you know, we got that contract extension with him and, and seeing him, earn that each game man it, it really is promising man i feel comfortable having him be between those posts every game and he's one of my favorite players um we posted about it today give him that armband i think he's getting it bro i, I think he has to get it so that's one of the positives right is you lose somebody like gregore you know that's definitely going to be one of the negatives we speak about but one of the positives if you you have drake back there so no wonder how much defense we're going to be missing now and and no wonder how we adapt we still have big Draco just to, to trust in, man. So I liked about that. What, what did you get? Any positives for you, Chris? Uh, look, the positives that I saw was uh, Pizarro. I mean, see, he's still hustling, right? He's not a DP, right? He's not playing like a DP, but he's still playing good. I think a that lot of people were shitting on Pizarro after the game. Yes. And I, I didn't think he played that bad. I didn't think he played bad either, and and I think that it's a positive that he's still sort of trending upward, even though it's like a little linear, but it's like still got that little smidge of rise. So I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week, especially in a small field like what he played on NYCFC. Um, that's the positive that I take away, Danny. What about you? Uh, the, the Joseph finally getting the ball uh, yeah. where he, he where he's a threat. Pizarro found him on a beautiful pass, but he sailed oh. it right over the bar. So I, I think that Joseph is going to eventually start converting on those. The fact that he played those 90 minutes I thought was a positive. Uh, Bryce Duke coming onto the game early I thought was a positive. The fact that they switched mid-game to Stefanelli moving to the wing instead of playing more center I think is a positive because I think he's starting to recognize that Stefanelli as a 10 just isn't working. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. 
I forget that he's on the field. Like I don't notice him. And that yeah. and, and maybe it's it's my untrained eye, right? Because I'm not a professional journalist or whatever, but I just never notice him on the field. And to me, that can't be good. When Drake comes, oh not Drake, when when Duke comes on, I feel like Duke makes a difference. Me and Chris have been yelling for Duke to be the 10 yeah. since January. When we found out Pozuelo might not come back, then give it to Duke. And everybody's like, no, we had Franco on here. Franco said he's not a 10. I'm sorry. Everything I see tells me he is a 10 and he's more of a 10 than Stefanelli. Maybe he's not the 10 that you would want. Maybe you want Messi. Yeah, that would be great. But he's not here from what we have on this roster right now. It has to be Duke, in my opinion. What do you think, Bernie? I'll tell you this. With losing Gregory for the foreseeable future, people are talking about a like-for-like with Victor Uyo. That's not happening. You're not getting Victor Uyo on the starting lineup. Yeah, you're, you're not, not getting you're significant not. minutes from him. So you're going to have to change the lineup a little bit. You're going to have to change up the formation. If you're going to change up the formation and have to add a midfielder, who else other than Duke, right? Who else other than Duke? You might want to fit Robert Taylor in there or Lasseter or something and try to work them as kind of like semi-wingbacks, kind of pushing uh, from the midfield up to try to like replace Gregor's work rate in there. So, you know, that – Bringing Bryce Stukin is a no-brainer to me. Another positive that that I do want to bring up is this: to this day, nobody's put, nobody's technically scored on us. We scored on ourselves. Yeah. So yes. if you look at that point for three games to to be able to say, you know what, the only goal scored on us was a mistake that we did to ourselves. I I feel great coming out. I feel great coming out like that. And and it sucks that we Gregory was a huge part of that. But I do think that the pieces in there are going to be good. And the connection you guys were talking about between Joseph and Pizarro is getting better and better. Pizarro is always going to get hate, guys. It's just it is what it is. When the big the money brings happened. big attention, it does. And and hey, I feel like it, we all look at it. And if you think now ten million dollars was worth it, there's no one that's going to tell you it was worth it. But do I want him to succeed this year? Of course, I want him to succeed this year. I'm an Inter Miami fan. I have my yeah. hair dyed pink and black. Of course, of course, I of course I want him to play good. Why would I? you know, just want to poo-poo on him when he's actually doing really well and making meaningful passes. So I yes. think that connection between him and Joseph is going to pop off and we're going to see each one of them score a goal soon. Uh, Bryce Duke is going to get one coming soon, hopefully too. And Stefanelli, um, I think he, I, the thing with him, bro, I think they're playing him out of position. I don't think he's a 10. He I think he's more no, of he's a, not. He, yeah, yeah. I think he's, more, he's, he's gonna a be better as a striker, a winger. And, and I think now we're going to have to make wingers happen. So I think Stefanelli and a, and a Taylor, would be dope with a Lasseter as a sub up there. We'll see what happens. And back to what you were saying about Pizarro. Um, Andrea said those back passes are freaking ter- Look, Pizarro has a lot of negatives. Passes, holding onto the ball, a lot of negatives. But I will tell you, much like what you said, he's on our team, want him to succeed. I give the analogy of a pilot. Even if I don't like the pilot that's flying my plane, I'm rooting for the guy. Because I need him, I need him to get me over there. <laughs> so even if I don't like him, he's flying the plane. I'm his fan for the, you know, for the time of the flight. Pizarro, I am his fan while he's on the pitch, even if he frustrates me. So it it is what it is. That's who we have. So let's root for him and hope that he does well. Um, well, go ahead, Chris. And I and I and I think I think at this point he has earned his spot in comparison to what all the fan base thought of him before the season started, right? Before the season started, everybody's like, this guy's got to eat the pine. He's got to sit on the bench. But then now he's starting to play. Now he's starting to play, and now people are saying, well, he's playing pretty good. So to me, he deserves to stay on, right? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, once we get into the Gregory talk, I guess we can start shifting people around. 
But referring to that passing back comment that you just put up there, I think that was in reference to Drake because I don't know if you remember when I sent you that text message about this whole thing with Drake and his passing ability. I am so over it. Like that is the oh, that only might have been what Andres was talking about. Yes, and that is the thing that really does get me nervous. And the worst part is, is I was even more nervous because the field was so much smaller. So it's like you said, he can't just kick it out to to the right back and the left back. He's got to kind of like really be good with his handling skills. Well, last Wednesday we had Michael from Blue City Radio, and you know he 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 uh, does a podcast for NYCFC. And one of my questions was, does NYCFC press a lot? Because my fear was if they press a lot, and he said that they do. So I thought we might be in trouble because if they're a high pressing team with our, you know, deficiencies with Drake and his distribution in a narrow field, I thought that he, they might make us pay. They didn't because Drake was so great. He he was standing on his head. I think he made match of the week or whatever they call it. I still team can't of the get week. the name. Team, right. of, team, team of the match day. Match of the, the team of the match day or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Match so week, he made know. that. So. I, I think that he's doing a great job, but I'm going to put this out there. And tell me, you, it's only three weeks in, okay? Is this a hot take? So Steaming this is hot? a hot take. We're three weeks in. But three weeks in, tell me Drake isn't the MVP of the league. Ooh. If, Drake, if Drake doesn't stand on his head against them, well, I mean, we lost that game anyway, but against Montreal, because Montreal had crazy chances. And against Philly, also had crazy chances. We might lose those two games if it's not for Drake's ability to stop those one-on-one plays because there were a lot of one-on-one opportunities that he stopped. Yeah. If he doesn't make, if he doesn't make those saves, there's a real chance that we don't have any points this season so far. Drake has been the MVP of the team. And, I mean, I, I can't say that I've watched every game, right? Obviously, the goal scorers get all the hype. But single person to make a difference – See, I knew that, Steve. See, I mean, at this what, point, what Danny, you're player, drunk. You, what Danny, single you're player drunk. has you made a difference? You started drinking early. I'm telling you, what, what, what other oh. player has made? There's only been one kill goalkeeper to ever win MVP. If Drake keeps playing this way, because I'm sorry, he, he has the most saves in the league so far. In the league. Uh, I'll tell you this. He, he does deserve the best goalkeeper award for right now for the entire league. Hands down. He's the best goalkeeper. I believe this is his second team of the of the match week too. I don't think anybody has two of them either. But as MVP, you're right. He has the odds against him because you're looking at the goal scores. Another thing he has against him is that he plays for Inter Miami. And quite frankly, the whole league hates us. They're always going to hate us. So no, nah, I don't think they I, hate us. I think they love. Uh, I think no, they want they Messi do. to come here. They, they do want Messi to come here, but you didn't see them on extra time. Did you see how, how they were talking about us? Not like not nah. naturally, they're looking at us. You know what he was saying? They were saying that if we get Messi, we're still gonna suck because that's three players who don't defend between him, Joseph, and Campana. And then since we're gonna get stretched out and this and that, and Caitlin Kyle, you guys remember her? She was defending us, talking about yeah. oh, we have Gregory and Mota back there doing the dirty work, which we don't have Gregory anymore. But you know, yeah, even if, dude, if we have Messi, mm-hmm. but, but but yeah, whatever. If we have Messi, if we have Messi, come on, we're gonna whoop on anybody. And I, I don't know, and I, I think nationally, people don't really like us too well, and um. I, I do think that would work against him. And you know where they would go? They would go with someone from St. Louis right now because they're on a tear as an expansion well, I, team. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and I think the Cinderella look, the reason, story. The reason I think Drake doesn't have a chance right now is because of what Steve said. Half of those saves came from his mistakes. And that I agree with. That's he true. has that is factual, saved his factual. own ass on a lot of those. So <laughs> but tell me he isn't the team MVP this far, so far. 100%. 100%. And the, the league... We might MVP not have any keeper. wins if it wasn't for him. 
But yeah. I, look, we, you heard it here. Week three. Let's see. Week seven. If he's still leading the league in saves. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, that MVP thing is a, a little bit of a stretch. And I think it is. Uh, I, think, I, I don't I, care. I think that uh, you're stretch Armstronging here, and uh, <laughs> I bet you they said the same thing about Tony Miola back in 2000. They they might have, and you know what though? It's a stretch that I like. I like that stretch right there. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? If he keeps playing this well, he might not make it to the end of the season because they might have to sell him in the summer. But we won't get into that yet. Um, <laughs> so um, and then we're, we're going to be begging for Diop. <laughs> no, no but that's why we have Nick Marsman, the highest paid backup in the league. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's get into, well, talking about some bad stuff, get into some worse stuff. It came out officially. Gregory's out for four to six week, uh, months is what they said, which is essentially probably the whole season. My understanding is if they classify him and categorize him as out for the season, they can replace him with somebody of equal value, which my understanding is they still haven't paid him down. So he's still technically a DP. So they possibly could bring on another DP. So, um, oh, Steve. Um, so we now are without Gregory. I don't think we're going to be looking to sign a DP right now. The window in Europe is closed. I, I, I don't see who we could bring in to fill in that, that spot at this very moment. So we're probably talking about replacing him maybe in the summertime. So for the time being, right, let's not talk about who's going to replace him. I know the name Busquets going to get thrown around. But for the time being, what do we do now that Gregory's out? Because that's a huge blow, right? He was well, our bulldog. He was our number six. He was the one helping the defense out big time. Now that we lost him, that's a big hole to fill. And as far as my understanding, I mean, Uyoa is the only other, like, real central defending midfielder that I could think of on this roster, unless you want to classify Mota as that, which I really don't, even though I think that's who's going to fill in that spot. Like, who do you think, Chris, we're going to use to fill in that spot? Or what are we going to do? So, uh, apparently, and I looked up this, I looked up the injury, the list Frank injury, uh, mm -hmm. apparently so if, if everybody that's watching, I'm going to put my hand up. Like if this was the foot, right. It's like right in between the top of the ankle and like where the toes end. Mm -hmm. And so apparently this injury, it's not highly common and typically takes months to fully heal. Right. So if it is true that it's going to take somewhere between four to six months for, for, for him to just recover from this, I mean, to heal, and we're not even talking about recovering and getting into soccer shape, right? It's going to be crazy. Now, I, I, I mean, talking about, like, replacements and all that stuff and the Busquets, and here we go with Messi again, get him out of here, right? Let's let's work with what we got right now. And the way I see it is, just like how you said, Danny, I think John Mota is going to fill in that spot. And I think that there has to be a shining light at this point. And so I think the shining light in this moment is that we can drop John Mota back a little bit, and then we can be able to bring Bryce Duke in to fill in John Mota's spot. What I mean, what do you think, Bernie? Oh, real quick before before you answer, Bernie. Last year, Mota played as a six for, towards the end of the season because he was at that outlet for Drake and Damian Lowe, which were having a hard time getting the ball out to the midfield. So he dropped back as the six, and they moved Gregory up more as an eight towards the end of the last season. So Mota's played that a little bit before. Go ahead, Bernie. I, I do think we're going to see John Mota dropping back into that six role. 
And I do think instead of having two of those central defensive midfielders that we were working with that were acting as filters, right, almost as defenders that were just catching, rebounding, and starting up that midfield where, like we've talked about earlier, Pizarro doing well and whatnot. So I don't think much is going to change in that sense. We might see uh, a Bryce Duke coming in instead of Gregory, right, and you have Gene Mota. You have uh, Duke and, uh, and Pizarro up there, and then maybe you – Maybe you bring in Stefanelli on the wing or, or, or Robert Taylor on the wing. You know, the, this is a team that's deep, and I can see us changing the attack a little bit. I don't know if Campana's close to coming back, so we don't have to work with um, – the thing is, it's hard to take out Coco John, but I, I I also wouldn't mind seeing Coco John come out, see him coming in for Joseph maybe in the 60th, 70th in this game because it is going to be on a full field, like we mentioned this time. Um, and and maybe we see more of an aggressive Joseph for 60 minutes, knowing he's only going to play 60 minutes or something like that. So I, I do expect to see some changes now. Um, I did understand seeing the the lineup stay the same, no matter how nasty Robert Taylor's goal was. I was happy to see the same lineup against NYCFC, <clears throat> but I, I am looking for a very different lineup in this next game against Serrano. Well, and look at that. Calypso says, in Duke we trust. I mean, we're all on the same page here as far as what we want from our midfield in terms of what Duke has to offer. Um, so as far as the starting lineup, like you were talking about, Bernie, I think more or less, like you said, Mota drops back. But who fills in Mota's spot? I would assume it would be Robert Taylor. I would assume Robert Taylor finally gets that spot at the eight. And or because Stefan, no, no, remember, Mota's going to fall back to Gregory's spot. So now you guys fill in Mota's spot, which would be Robert Taylor, right? He moves up a little more like Mota's been. Mota's had the freedom to move back and forth. Now, I think that there's a chance, there's a chance, a small chance, that we might see Bryce Duke finally in the starting lineup. Bryce Duke came on a lot earlier than usual. He came in like at the 55th minute. Like, and Neville realized that Duke, I mean, although he does probably play better, a little better in a uh, a, uh, a smaller field, a narrow field, because it's easier to touch the ball, I, I think that maybe we finally see him because Stefanelli, like I said, I, to me at least, he hasn't made much of a difference. And I think it might, it might be time for a change because if you think about it, like I said last week, the first game we got the goal where Sergi Kristoff made love to the ball, and then we have that, that second goal where – it took us three tries to get a, a, a goal with um, Borgelin. And, and then the second week, we had those two from outside the box. were beautiful, but we didn't build anything in the final third. They were both shots from outside the box. So we really haven't necessarily played great and created great opportunities. So we have to change something up. If Campana's not back, something has to change because our offense necessarily hasn't looked lethal, even if we've scored four goals. And we got the Joseph opportunities as well. But I will tell you that I agree with the change. Here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I believe we've been going with a diamond in the midfield with four players between Stefanelli, Pizarro, Mota, and Gregory. I think that diamond is going to turn into an inverted triangle where you're going to see Mota in the six in the back, and you're going to see Pizarro and Duke up top as more central midfielders. I think you're also going to see three up top, Joseph centrally, maybe Robert Taylor and Stefanelli, um, uh, around him right and they could drop back a little bit more and so, sort of assist in the midfield as well because you're going to be missing a lot with Gregory so you're going to need somebody to cover some ground and you can leave Joseph kind of floating up top um maybe in the false nine role kind that he's been rolling with and a lot of people were hating on that for a little bit where he was passing it back but now playing on a big field kind of, kind of getting the stretch the field out a little bit 
it might work out. We'll see. And 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 I think this is going to be a good opportunity to, like you said, see Inter play a little bit more clinical in that final third. See them try to get uh, chances closer to goal. And who knows? Maybe we get a bomb or two. Those bombs were sick anyway, right? So if we can get a mix of them, let's score two or three goals. Toronto, I, I, Toronto, I believe hasn't won a game yet. So why not go for it? Yeah. No, I, I completely if, agree. If if Mota plays true to the sixth role. We're not going to be counting on him too much more to be taking those shots. I mean, even though he'll take them from midfield, he doesn't care. But for the most part, we got to count on other people taking it. Chris, how do you think the lineup's going to look when we come in? Look, I thought, honestly, looking at the injury with Gregory, to me, it seemed as if Jean Mota would drop back. And then either they're going to move in Bryce Duke to start in, in place of Jean Mota or... They're going to move Bissaro where John Mota was, and then they're going to start Ryan Taylor. That's what I think is going to happen. It's either going to be Taylor on the wing, Pissarro in the middle, and then Mota drops back, or Mota drops back, and then you bring in you keep Pissarro out on the left, and then you bring in Bryce Duke to, to the middle. That's that's what I thought. That's what I think is going to happen. So, so nobody thinks that Ulloa is going to get some playing time. I don't think that he's getting starting time. I mean, what do you what do okay. you think, Bernie? I don't. I think I, I think not. if Mota, I think if you lose Mota, that that's your lot. That's your in in case of emergency break open glass, right? Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. The he's more of your emergency. Them. Yeah, if something happens to Mota, but I I don't see you are getting playing time. Not at this stage of his career. Not at this stage of his inter career. I, I've always said that I feel like he's more of a translator more than anything on this team. <laughs> but yes. um he's also he's also a guy with MLS experience and I, I always welcome that. So um I'll tell you guys this though. No matter how we change it up, we're gonna have a big hole without Gregory in there. And oh, yeah. Uyoas yeah. Uyoas nowhere near to anywhere near to filling it. Mota I would say can probably get you 75% of that hole. You're still missing a big chunk of it there. There was a kid from Toronto that played for Toronto last year, and he was training with us for a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw somebody like him get signed um, yeah. because we definitely do need more depth at that position now. Um, so I don't see a DP coming to step in. I do like I do like, like that all three of us have agreed that there's going to be some shift to the lineup. There has to be some shift to the lineup. Um, and I'm excited to see what it is. I really am. I'm going to be looking forward to that that Saturday Instagram post. I'm uh... – I'm going to butcher his name because I always do. But Kromeshki? Benji Kromeshki? Kromashi. Kromashi. I, I, I always butcher his name. But regardless, I might be butchering he it might too. get some time. He, he might get some time also. I know he plays more of an eight role. But, I mean, with Mota moving back to the six, we might need some depth in the midfield. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing him come up at some point either. I know we have so many games coming up with the Open Cup and Leagues Cup and everything that I know a lot of players are going to get opportunities eventually. But we got to start thinking about that now because – I mean, Gregory's a big loss, and we got a lot of holes to fill with Campana still out. Um, go ahead, Chris. You about to say something? Well, no. You know what's concerning to me is that, I mean, look, Gregory is a dog. He's a mm. bulldog, right? And I wonder how John Mota is feeling about this injury because I'm pretty sure he's looking at himself in the mirror like, I'm going to be that Gregory guy now, right? And I don't know if he either is ready for that or if he even wants that role, because like, unfortunately, Gregory played 90 plus minutes without batting an eye. And there's times where we had to take Jean Mota out and now you're putting him further away from the goal. So we're talking about 30 yarders to 60 yard field goals. 
<laughs> well, Steve you... Munoz just 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 helped us uh, phonetically. Kromashi. Kromashi. So go ahead, Bernie. What are you gonna say? Go. Thank so, the, this is the thing. There's there's no there's no replacing Gregory, like you said, right? Yeah. So I I don't think Mota is worried about okay, this is gonna be my new role, right? I, I think yeah. nobody on Inter Miami is saying okay, Mota, now you're you're filling in and you have to do everything Gregory does, right? I but it's think for the full season though. Yeah. It is for the full season, but what I think what I think is gonna happen is some sort of formation or stylistic change where Mota is going to be able to have the freedom to creep up on the midfield. We're going to need him to. And when he does, there's going to be somebody who's going to have to come and fill in and, and fill in his back. Who could that be? You know, it's tough to replace that, but you can maybe get that from a Lasseter. You can maybe that get that from a Taylor. Um, so those are two players that, that have, have definitely wanted more playing time. We might see them get more playing time um, doing things like that and, and kind of falling back a little bit more. Um, I know we don't want to see players falling back, but when you lose Gregory, there has to be something to replace that. And it, it's got to come from a team unit. It's got to come from everybody um, coming together and, and, and trying to trying to make up for what we're losing with Gregory. You're never going to replace it 100%. You, yeah. you never will, but but you can make it up. I have one question for you guys, if you don't mind, about this whole situation, too. I know Antanita uh, brought it up this morning on Twitter. How do you feel about Drake getting the armband, or do you, do you think anyone else might deserve it? Um. I th I think Drake does. I mean, as far as look, I, I don't think anybody's yeah. gonna argue that he's the MVP of the team so far this year. Even though a lot of those saves have come from his blunders, but he still made those saves. He's the rock, and I can't imagine anybody else that would deserve it more than him, unless you say, not not even Campana. No, I, nobody deserves it more than and Campana. Hasn't than even him. played a minute in the regular season. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, only yeah, played yeah, half the season. No, it has yeah. to be Drake. The only person that would come near is maybe maybe Edlin, but yeah, you're right. It has to be Drake. If it's anybody, well, they, might, Drake, they might give it to Mota. Well, they might give I it have a, Mota. go ahead, go ahead. I have, I have a question. I have a question. So I think that out of all the players, obviously Drake has been putting on a show so far in these last three games, and he at this point is the MVP of the team, uh, for better MVP. or for worse, right? MVP. But now I, I don't know how it works in soccer. Like, do goalies get that little captain armband, or is yes, it guys? Do. Okay, no, they do. All right, they do, they do. So then, if goalies get it, then I say I'm with it, right? But if we're talking about, if we're talking about not just goalies, right? Maybe you hit the crowds went crazy for for Drake. Maybe you can you can see Yedlin wearing it. But look, I got to be honest, Yedlin. I don't know what's going on these last three games, but you got to get it together, bro. Okay. Okay. You gotta, thank you, thank you for bringing that up. That. I, I wanted to bring that up. I, I, I hate being the negative guy, but Chris is no. always so positive that I have to be the negative guy on here. Has our defense really looked that great? Um, I think it has. Look, 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 Blake, right? Blake from, from Philly, Andre Blake, goalie of the year last year, I believe, had one of the best defenses in front of him. He wasn't top 10 in saves because he didn't have to make as many saves as everybody else. Drake is leading the league in saves because he faced so many shots. Now, I do understand that a few of those were his own doing. But Yedlin hasn't played great. McVay's had some blunders, even though I think he's also played well. Sergi's solid. Franco's great, but Franco gets caught out of position because he moves up so far. And nobody fills in that gap when he's up there. So... 
Has our defense looked that great? And without Gregory there, is our defense going to look better or worse? Is Drake going to be facing more shots or less? Like, are, are you not worried about this? Am I the only one thinking like this? Uh, I'll tell you what. Going into the season, before we signed Sergey, my biggest concern was our back line. I said, Everybody's. even before we signed Negri, even, what's going on with our back line? We never had a complete back line. We signed Negri, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is semi-together, but there's still low Mabika duo that got destroyed by NYCFC in that playoff match, and I don't know how I feel about that. And, you know, Maybe you put McVeigh in there, whatever. Then you have the trade that happened. You had Kristoff come in, and I said, okay, we got a complete line. Is it elite? Not necessarily, but I did have faith in it, and I've liked what I've seen from it so far. I do think it's been the best defense Inter Miami's ever put out there. Is it the best defense in the league? Is it top three in the league? Is it top five in the league? Probably not. Is it top 10? I'd say, yeah. I'd say it's top 10, top eight in the league. And and I'll take that as an Inter-Miami fan. Now, this is the type of team that is kind of not being built around defense. It's being built around a goalkeeper you trust. And it's trying to be – it's a team that's trying to go for offense. And I do appreciate yeah. that because – as a fan, you want to see goals come in. If Messi comes in, he's going to want to come into a team that's scoring goals. You want to see it happen. You want to see a scoring goals. So is our defense awesome, amazing? Eh, not so much, but it is the best version of a defense we've seen. So I will be grateful for that. Well, and, and right. here we got just talking about the captain band, right? So Steven De Palma says Yedlin is a leader, so I can see him getting the armband. Steven, look, I agree with you. And Yedlin played great last year but these last three games get get your act together i mean look and yeah. and i never liked the nickname midland but like i'm starting to see <laughs> why so many people are saying that and not that he's playing like i mean look i'm not like a professional i don't think he's played horrible the, he the hasn't one thing played... that killed me is when he had a chance for a cross and he let the ball go out of bounds on the right flank and i i wasn't sure why he didn't pull up i mean i guess he didn't have his footing right well, I mean, to, that, like, to get to your point, Danny, has the defense, is the defense really good? Has it gotten better? Yes. Like McVay is a shi- sure. McVay is a shining star next to Sergey Kristoff. And then we got the Punisher out in the left side, right? <laughs> and then Yedlin is, look, I mean, Yedlin is Yedlin, right? I mean, just like I said in the last show, Yedlin's Yedlin. Hopefully he gets it together. And then we're He's talking about having a good defense. Yedlin, though. No, he's not Sounders Yedlin, but look, it's going to hurt for sure that Gregory's out. That's without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, because nobody's going to chase back like Gregory did. Nobody. Not Mota, no. not Uyoa, no, but maybe Emerson. <laughs> oh, God. But he doesn't have you the know, girth. He doesn't have the girth, though. <laughs> Gregory yeah. last year was top three in tackles one, and he missed like three or four games because of those, those card suspensions. So Gregory is a fucking bulldog. Like, he wins yeah. the ball in the midfield. He'll take the ball. So it's a huge loss. But I, I will say, it is the best defense we've ever had on this team. So, and I'm not saying that it's a bad defense. Because outside of Nashville, we're the only other team that hasn't allowed the opposing team, at least, to score on us. Mm-hmm. Because outside of that own goal, like, we haven't been scored on. So no opposing team has scored on us yet. And outside of Nashville, we're the only team that has that. So it's it's difficult to say that our defense isn't good statistically. But I think a lot of that has to do with Drake because, like I said, Drake has stopped a lot of one-on-one opportunities. Goal, opportunities that should have been goals, and Drake has stopped those. That's why he's the team MVP, and that's why our defense, I think, looks a little better than I think it really has been. 
I do agree. I, I think he's ballooning our defense, and I think he's putting them on his shoulders. Um, and and if I'm Drake, I'm I'm asking more from my defense, right? Definitely from from McVeigh, man. You know, that's one of those where it's like you you, you know, it's not the it opposing happens. team scoring on you. It, yeah. it does happen. And I was thinking about that. You don't practice that. It's really difficult moment. It really sucks. But like, I do expect, I do expect better, man. And it sucks. I, it, it really does suck that it happened to him. He's a great kid, but um, we we gotta be better in that situation. So hey, that's it. You know, I know it happens, but guess what? That's a fault on our defense. Yeah, a better center mm-hmm. back would have cleared that. Um, Yedlin, listen, I'm a huge fan of Yedlin's. I got into soccer through the U.S. Men's National Team. I saw him coming up through Seattle when he got sold on to Europe. This is one thing about him. He's never been a technical player. That's yeah. why he plays fullback. Number yeah. two, mm-hmm. he's always been a player that's been running on, on his athleticism. He's getting oh, yeah. older now. He doesn't have the same athleticism that he had before. I'll take what I can get from him, but it, he's not looking great this season. And I think Chris Henderson might be thinking, you know, future because to bail this on is it. what, yeah, because if you, you can maybe get one more season after this out of him, maybe, maybe. And I'm yeah. a huge fan of his. I hate saying this. But a player like him, you see him. He's. He, did you guys watch the MLS thing about the about the designer, the brand he's trying to do? He's kind of thinking outside of soccer right now. And and listen, I'm I'm not the guy who expects my guys to be robots and like course, all, everything yeah. soccer, everything 100. But I do see a guy who's thinking about his family and thinking and about his future. Life past soccer already. Yeah, yeah, I do. As well, and, and yeah, and 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 I think that he's taking the right steps for sure for preparing for his future. But now, as far as the game is concerned, Danny. Like we're talking about uh, to you, was this a reality check game or was it just we took one on the chin and it's off to the next one? Because I'll tell you this much about the McVeigh own goal. Right. Mm. Thankfully, it happened early, unlike last year's low goal, which happened a little later where it happened it in extra like time, it, I think. Right. No, it was at, yeah. right. Stop at it. The, stop I mean, it. Uh, yeah. it was stop a stop it. Stop time. It. Yeah, and so that goal right there, and on top of that, it was later in the season. So we're talking about, is this going to actually be a reality check for us, or is it just, uh, it happens, let's move on to the next one? Um, I thought that we would be lucky to get off with a draw I, I um, because of the home field advantage. I thought that if it was on a regular pitch that we'd have a better chance to win because I don't think yeah. NYCFC is that good, at least not yet. I think they'll get better when Santi Rodriguez gets rolling and James Sands and Keaton Paris get, get rolling. But uh, I thought that we had a good chance to win if it was on a regular pitch. The narrow pitch, I was hoping we would get out with a draw. I yeah. think Toronto is going to be the telling game. Uh, it's going to be just as cold, if not colder, in Toronto. Um, but the fact that we still haven't been able to produce – like uh, a well-built-up goal. Remember that goal yeah. that Campana posted on his story where him, Joseph, and Pizarro were kind of passing the ball within each other, and they just built up this beautiful play, and it was like from like a drone view. Like that's what I was hoping to see. Now, obviously, we're not coming out with the formation that we thought we would in the beginning of the season, but I, I was hoping to see a lot more passes building up in the final third. We haven't, we haven't seen that. We saw it a little bit this week when they were finding Joseph inside the box, and I'm hoping he starts to finish those. But I, I I don't think it was a reality check for the team. Maybe for the fans that were already predicting that we were going to be like champs or something like that. But I, I think I, I think we're still good. We, we haven't allowed a goal yet. We knew that our offense wasn't necessarily clicking because none of the players that were paying to score goals have scored goals. So I think we understand that our offense still needs to get clicking. Our defense is coming together nicely. 
Uh, Bernie, did you feel like this was any type of reality check? Oh man, I was just talking to you guys before we went live, and you guys, you guys know how hyped I am, bro. This is this is nothing to me. It really isn't. I think I, I think I'm really proud of of the boys and the performance they put out there. Right? You you got rained on a little bit, and you, and you weathered that storm. The only goal you you allowed was just one of those horrible mistakes that you know just ends up happening. And we were in that game to the very end. Like I I was hoping for a draw, like you said, and I thought we would be lucky to get that draw. But there was moments even like in stoppage time where we had a few opportunities that just we missed out on, you know, and, and, and any one of those, if those would have gone in would have changed our whole outlook on this team and our whole outlook. Yeah. I think I, I, what happens is there's always an overreaction to the, to the wins, there's another. an overreaction to the losses one way or another, people are going to go crazy. And listen, I, I, I crazy me will be like, Oh, MLS cup all the way. Da, da, da. I do think this team is capable of bringing home some silverware, whether it's open cup leagues, cup, um, yeah. Supporter Shield, MLS Cup. Are Supporter Shield and MLS Cup the most likely? I don't think so. I think the other ones are definitely a little bit more likely. But it is a it is a good team and it's a team that I that I think is gonna have a really strong season. Like you said, the Serrano game is gonna be a really telling game. It's gonna be the first time you play somebody who's actually not that great. You're play you played the top three teams in the East last year. You're mm -hmm. finally playing somebody who you kind of whooped on a few times last year. You're finding somebody who's might not have Lorenzo Insigne because he's still out. Yeah, that's and a gold rare. It is. Hey, that is a gold rare right there. And I'm, I'm a Napoli <laughs> fan as well. So that, that's huge for me. He's from Napoli. Um, I brought my boy out from Napoli to come see him last time he came out. He scored that banger on us. Remember last year? Um, yep. That was one that Drake didn't see coming. Yeah, from outside yep. the box. It was a volley. It was beautiful. But we he, we don't have him. All you have to worry about is Bernadeschi. You're going to be able to handle that storm. You're going to be able to go out. And I think sooner than later, you're going to see Joseph start scoring. Once he starts scoring, once you get Campana back in, like you said, you're going to see a rhythm to this team that you might you might have not even seen yet. And, and I do think there is better signs to come. There's better things to come. This NYC game was a little hiccup along the way. But part of me is happy it happened because it's a little bit of adversity. It's a little bit of a sour taste in the boys' mouth where they could come out next game against Toronto. And I think that's that good. Really seriously. It is great. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. And I think I think it's going to be better for us. Before I get to you, Chris, real quick, I'll tell you why this is a little bit of a reality check. Last year, we were amazing at home, but we were abysmal on the road. And that was my worry that we haven't cleaned that up. And again, I don't want to take too much into this NYCFC game because in the beginning of the show, we talked about the dimensions, how it's 15 feet less on each side and all that other stuff. Like, it's a big difference. It's a big home field advantage. So this Toronto game is what I'm looking for. Like Bernie said, this team, we should be better than, right? Even though they have Bernadette and Insigne, I still feel like we should be better than this team. They got Sean Johnson also. But um, we should be better than them. And I feel like this is the first real road test and a real regular, you know, field so i feel like if we were to lose this game then i'd be like okay maybe we haven't gotten over these road woes go ahead chris what, what are you thinking about as, as far as well i mean I, I already brought up the fact whether whether this is you know to me a reality check or not i don't think it's a reality check i think that this was just a game that we kind of lost just due to bad circumstances own goal uh off to the next one we're playing against toronto without insigne and it's going to be on an actual soccer field. So, like, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, that, if they lose that game, then I guess it can stretch out to some concern. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But one of the things that I'm actually concerned about, which uh, Andres Castaneda brought up right now, he said, any news on Campana, right? And 
I don't know if there's any news, and I know that Inter Miami is like super secretive, like Illuminati style about their injuries. <laughs> but then, like all of a sudden, they just posted something on their Inter Miami page, like, "Hey, Gregory's out forever with this specific injury." So, like, here we are, a day or two later. You just told us descriptively about the injury that Gregory suffered, but Campana got injured like a year ago. And we still don't know what the injury is and how no, long we know he's it's out a calf. for. It's a like, calf. And, what's, and I, what? I, okay, I, but what's going on? What? 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 Where is the information? Right? Like if I'm uh, if I'm Franco and I'm Michelle Kaufman and I, like I would be I would be zombie attacking the Inter Miami FC office right now and being like, you guys got to give me information on this guy Campana right now. Or else I'm throwing fireworks in the in the freaking stadium, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. I, um, I I mean I told I'm, you when we when this first happened, it's a calf injury. If it's a calf or a hamstring, it's it's gonna be a month. I told you that it's gonna be a month because those are lingering injuries. And if you rush back, he's gonna keep re-injuring it. If he rushes back this week. I promise you, the following week against Chicago, he's going to go down for another four weeks. You have to give it time. I told you the earliest we're going to see him is Chicago because it's a home game. Why would you have him? What are you holding up? Remember, we have audio. firework. Remember? Oh. This is the firework <laughs> that I popped off. So, like I was telling you, um, why would you have him come back for the first time in 28-degree weather? Campana's not coming back this Saturday. I'm sorry. And if he does, by some miracle, he's not starting. He'll come on for the last 30 minutes maybe to dispel Joseph. But I'm pretty sure that he's going to get his season debut at home against Chicago on the 25th. But I promise you, he I really, really doubt he's coming back this week. We haven't heard anything, obviously. I, But, you know, now that we bring it up, when we do bring him back, do you think he's going to be starting? Do you think we're going to go back to that 4-4-2 that we've been talking about all year? Or is he going to start slowly as a sub? What do you think, Burns? No, with the, maybe with if you wouldn't have lost Gregory, maybe you could consider that. But now that you lost Gregory, you have to change that lineup, and you can't go to the two strikers for now. It, it, it's just a byproduct of it. And, and you know what? I like that. Give Joseph a little bit more time. Let Joseph like fill into that role. And once he gets tired, put put Campana in. Let him work 60-30. That way, Joseph can be more aggressive in the sixty minutes and kind of like empty the gas tank out a little bit more. And Campana could start adjusting and finding his feet. If we could find something clicking in the midfield, eventually down the road, if Campana can avoid an injury for like maybe two or three games, God, God behold, <laughs> uh, for a 21-year-old kid, man, which I've always said that's really concerning about him. And and it, I hope to God it changes. But up to this point, I just can't trust him enough to play him in long minutes. And I can't trust him enough, like you said, to come back early. I'm going to sit on him. I'm going to wait. We're deep enough at that position to wait on him. And when he comes back, he can come on as a sub. And he, yeah, he's not coming back in in twenty eight degree weather. I'm I'm telling you, he's not. Chris, listen, would you put no him point. back this out of there? There's no point. Listen. There's no point. Listen, Danny, I've had it. I've had it up to here with you. Okay, oh, I've had it up to here with you. I've been telling you we needed media passes, and this comment just came up with Bernie on the episode. Us three <laughs> and Calypso are gonna go swamp the stadium and we're getting media passes okay that's it i have, I have no interest in, i have no interest in, in t talking to any of those people 
<laughs> but we got we got we got to join forces and we got to attack the stadium and get some answers on Campana. Like if he's feeling okay, I feel they're not like going to give should... you answers anyway. Well, I mean, if more than enough people start asking, they're going to get annoyed enough to give us something or no, slip won't. up something. No, they won't. I'll tell you. I'll tell you guys this. To me, and I, and I've talked about this with like Franco and private, maybe on the, on on live on the podcast before. I can't remember. On Miami Total Football, and 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 I love Franco because he got me really into the shit and made me feel like, yeah, man, I could I could really have a a, a go at this, um, and having fun with it. But I always told them I've always wanted this to be from a fan's perspective. I don't ever want to like, I don't know, I don't want to be involved with like media and the team, and I want to go to the game and be able to have fun. I've been having too much fun at the games, and I think this has helped me tone it back a little bit. I, I have been being a little bit more responsible at games and being less of a of a of a hooligan and, and crazy or whatever. <laughs> and, and and trying to because dude I get home the next day and I'm like fuck I can't even remember any plays. I gotta rewatch the game. I'm like this shit happened. Where the fuck was I? Like I, I didn't even leave the stand for 90 minutes and like you know whatever. So now nowadays it's like okay I can remember this play and it, it's fun with MLS season pass actually being able to rewatch not having to use a VPN or whatever. But I don't know bro I it, and here's my thing about this. As a fan, too, going back to the center of it, as a fan, I don't want to find out what's going on with Campana. I want there to be mystery about it. So Toronto has to worry about, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Because now Toronto has, that's another layer in their game plan. They have to yeah. game plan for, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Every team does. And any advantage that Inter-Miami can get, I'm happy for. And and I know as, as the media gets really upset, how Inter-Miami treats the media. And I, I get upset, too, because as a fan, I want to know everything going on with my team. But sometimes I'm just like, you know you what? I kind of don't want to know. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> don't want to know. Because if I know, <laughs> you know what? that means my uh, opponent knows. <laughs> but you know what, Bernie? I'm with you on that because I think about that about, with all sports. When it comes to like the NFL, for example, if my QB is questionable, I was like, don't tell them that he's going to be ready. Make them prepare for two quarterbacks. Like yeah, I like yeah. that, and, I, and, I, and I'm with you on that. Now, Steven De Palma came and said, I like Gregory what? You feel like Gregory forces Neville to be more attacking and incorporate the two-striker approach. I wouldn't mind coming yeah. out and seeing that 4-4-2 finally. I mean, that's what we spent all training camp on. We were preparing to play that. Now, who would play that second striker role? I would assume maybe Lasseter or Stefanelli, but I, I wouldn't mind Coco. seeing something like that. Coco? Coco. No, okay. you, can, you can leave Coco, Coco up there. You can leave Coco up there, and if you want to put Taylor in the midfield, then try out that experiment. It could go well. It could go bad, you know, but I, hey, Taylor's got that dog in him, bro. I'm uh, yeah. Throw his ass out there. He'll he'll be down into starting role. Who's gonna say no to it? You know, uh, Duke. If you're gonna if you're gonna stick with it, that's my thing. I don't know if I trust Duke as much as I trust, trust Taylor in that straightaway yeah. center defensive mid role because Taylor's got a bigger body to cover. Um, is he that type of player? He's not though. So I just can't see us going with the four four two. I just can't. Something yeah. has to change there. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see what 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 goes down on uh, on Saturday. Me too. Uh, me too, Chris. bro. What are you thinking about as far as formation goes on Saturday? Listen, as far as the formation goes, I just want to make sure that... Look, if Taylor plays, I think that it's going to be amazing if he starts. Uh, as far as Duke, I think that we're still going to see him come off the bench. Would I like to see him start? I guess. I mean... I don't know. He hasn't been playing like a lot of minutes. So I imagine that they're still going to keep him as like this little crazy little super sub or whatever. Just bring him off, you know, off the bench and then come in and fill in for someone that's tired. But I think I do see what Bernie's talking about, where I think that Taylor could could fit the role better. 
And and he's I think Taylor, I mean, look, he just plays soccer. Like I said last last episode. Like he's just a, he goes out and he plays soccer. He's playing local kids in local parks. So like I'm ready for it. You know, I, I guess Steve yeah. Munoz says Stefanelli works well as a false nine or a shadow striker. You know what I think of when I think of Stefanelli on the field? When I play indoor soccer six on six, I play with some guys that come out and they literally just tell me, like, I'm just here for the cardio. And they literally just run back and forth. And that's what I feel Stefanelli does. Like, I just see him running everywhere, but I don't really make, see him making a difference. So I, I'm okay with just bringing him on as a, as a sub with crazy energy, put him and Lasseter on at the same time, and just, just catch the other team by surprise with all the energy they bring while everybody else is tired. Because really, Stefanelli, to me, he hasn't shown me shit. That's honestly, I, he hasn't shown me shit yet. And uh, I, maybe it's my untrained eye, like I said, because everybody was waxing poetic about him in, during the February, during those preseason games. Everybody's like, oh, he looks great. He looks great. I, I haven't seen it yet. I really haven't. Um, so, Chris. Great, great. Wait, I heard yes. someone, my bad. Somebody in the comments said, where should the parade go if we win a Malas Cup? Um, bro, it's not Commercial it's Boulevard. Nah, it's, it's not, not Commercial Boulevard. Boulevard. It's going to be Biscayne Boulevard. <laughs> I feel like it should be Commercial Boulevard, though, since we're playing up there and then have the celebration in the yellow parking lot. <laughs> well, Will13 is saying that <laughs> legend has it. You're still looking for a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yo, tell Will13 that that, that, um, that chopped cheese I got was dog water. And fucking Midtown, dog. That's we stopped for a chopped cheese at that deli. He got a pastrami. I think the pastrami was better. I we saved my girl's chicken teriyaki sub. That shit was fire though. But uh, <laughs> no, but I know I know you're asking Chris something, but I do want to talk about the lineup. Here's here's my prediction. We're gonna keep the same back line. I think we're gonna see an amoeba that you see Neville working with a lot, and the amoeba is gonna be this like four five one that could shift into a four three three, and I think that's gonna be with um the same back line. You're going to have an inverted triangle in the back with Mota as that six. And then you're going to have Duke and Pizarro working from the middle, trying to work it up. Then you're going to have Robert Taylor and Stefanelli on the wings where they could drop back a little bit as well and help out on the midfield. And Joseph kind of playing that false nine. I do think with Stefanelli, they are going to give him more of a chance. We know that Chris Henderson has been after him for a while. He's not the type of player they're going to give up on. He's the type of player that the coaching staff uh, has a lot of faith in. Yeah, not, not give up on him, but... but you know, I, I do think you're going to see a difference this game. I've, I've been saying for a few games now, I've been thinking him and Joseph are going to get it going. And I think he'll get it going this game in a different position, kind of away from the midfield, um, more in a winger role. I, I think I think you might see good. So the way that Amiibo works too is Stefanelli could step in as a striker or Taylor could step in as a striker as well. And then the rest of the whoever's on the other wing could kind of step back a little bit and make up some ground and kind of kind of just shift around. But um that that's what I'm thinking. Four three three, four five five, kind of like shifting type formation there. Let me tell you, you're dropping dimes. You're dropping yeah. dimes out here. That was that was a monster take right there. Right, well, well, don't stop there. You got to give us the prediction. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna come back on Wednesday nine o'clock live as always. We'll have somebody from Toronto FC to help preview the game, and we'll give our predictions there. But Bernie, you're not gonna be with us on Wednesday, so give us the prediction right now. Are we winning our first road game of the season this Saturday? Yeah, yeah, we're breaking, we're breaking uh, that curse right there. Like you said, one thing I wanted to mention too about the road things, man. Every time we travel, man, it's really tough. They, they, they we've been rough away for the first three years, and I do think that's changing. I think NYCFC had a short field. It was, it was a lot of circumstances going on, and um, I do think we're gonna go ahead and win this one two one. I think Bernadeschi scores a goal, 
uh, or Akinola, if he comes back, or one of those players, they're, they're going to maybe score one. Our defense isn't looking too great. We might This might just be the game where we break one, but I do think we get the better of them. We got a Joseph Martinez goal and a Stefanelli goal. Joseph is still two away from 100, so I'm really hoping he gets that 100th at home. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think he'll get one here, and then he'll be inspired to get it against Chicago, and we can rain some goals down on them when they come over here too. Do you think the weather is going to be a factor, Chris? I mean, I think, of course, it's going to be a factor when you're talking about a team that doesn't play in that sort of climate. Uh, at the end of the day, what I'm hoping for is that it's going to be a close game. I don't want to let my score off now, but I think for sure the weather's going to be a factor. I, I will tell you that I wish that Neville would do kind of what NFL coaches do sometimes. Like, if you know that you're going to be playing up in the Northeast two weeks in a like row. Like a couple of days earlier? Yeah, or just stay there for the week. I mean, I understand that people have families and they want to come see their families, but we're talking about just the soccer aspect. Just stay up there, train there all week in that in that weather. So when Saturday comes around, you know, you're good because I saw some of the players. Some of the players were so covered up, you could just see their eyes. Like, yeah. they were fucking freezing. So just stay there for the whole week. Train in Toronto and Canada or, or northern New York, Rochester. They have plenty of places to train over there. And, and then just get used to the climate before Saturday comes. I don't think they did that. I think they're already back. I know I saw Yedlin, not Yedlin. I saw um, Joseph at Marlins Park for the Venezuela Dominican Republic game yesterday. Or was it Puerto Rico? I think it's been Puerto Rico. One of those. Puerto Rico. But he was at the Puerto Rico. Yeah. So he was there. So I know they're back in Miami. But I would have done that because that's that's quite the the shock when you get hit that cold weather and you're trying to play a, a game against a team that's accustomed to the weather. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think they take it as seriously as we want them to take it. Um, you heard me earlier talking about these guys aren't robots, you know, and who am I to tell them to be away from your family for a week? But as, as a fan, I do expect you to take your game seriously. Um, I'll tell you this. Go up a few days early at least. If you're going to come back to Miami, go up a few days early. Get two practices in there. Build some camaraderie. Go to a bowling alley. Do something, bro. You got you to gotta figure out these road games. So Get some motherfucking chopped cheese, bro. Bro, go get some chopped cheese. Go to Toronto. I mean, I don't know what you're doing in Toronto. Go to a strip club or something, bro. I don't care. Like, whatever, what, do you, what do you do in Canada? Yeah. yeah. Go find syrup. Drake. They have great syrup. Yeah, go, yeah, go, <laughs> go try some maple leaf uh, infused THC or something, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just do because something, right? Like, do, do something over there. Get together as a team, dog. And, like, I don't know, man. Just go get a road win and, and be used to it. Don't, like, play your first, like, day in that it like i i, I kind of didn't like that how new york yo did you guys see how i ran into the players did i post that or was i too lit yes <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes i ran into them and it was hilarious it was raining it was it was actually not that cold when i ran into them but i was surprised that they're coming in like the same time i am or not that much later than i am I'm like you guys are like getting one morning session in and that's it like you gotta be get a for at least session? a day early i maybe <laughs> who knows bro and what and, and what do they do at and what did they even do at, at, at Drive Pink? Did they shorten the field to prepare or something? I would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that would have been smart also to do that. I hadn't yeah. even considered that. Um, yeah. So we're coming down to the end. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you're going to ask him your, your classic uh, question at the very end. But um, uh, I, I wasn't going to. Negri, right? It was Franco Negri that you ran into? No, he oh, ran yeah, into yeah. three players. He ran into ne Negri. Nevo, Nevo and Cremasi. And Cremasi yes. too, yeah. 
Yeah, they were at the hotel next to us, funny enough. And me and Will were coming out with some beers and some stuff from the Walgreens. And then I pointed at them. They pointed at me. It was like a, that Batman, the, the Spider-Man meme <laughs> moment. Because <laughs> I was like in full team gear and shit. And they're like, yo. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> and then I dapped them up or whatever. I'm like, yo, what's up? Da -da, get them hyped. I'm like, they're like, you well, came all the way here to see us? I was like, of course, bro. What do you think? I fucking came out well, here. Well, look, <laughs> before, before Chris gets onto his stuff, just real quick. I, I have a lot of NYCFC people on, on my Twitter feed because I used to be an NYCFC supporter. Um, yeah. And a lot of them were, were bigging you guys up because you guys are loud and proud and everybody took notice. So obviously La Familia is traveling well because a lot of people took notice and it, it's awesome that we're being repped so well on away games. Like I said, I wanted to go. Wife had surgery, couldn't make it. But man, that's awesome. Uh, what's the next away game that you got or that you at least are planning on going to? Do you have uh, the any plans? Um, the next big one's Houston. It's it's going to take a we lot for me not to go now. We just talked about today. Yeah. April yeah, 22nd. Houston. Yeah. Yeah, Houston's going to be the next big one. A lot of people doing Houston. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm doing Houston this year, but okay. I want to. I actually worked in West Texas for some years. Houston's a really cool oh, nice. city, man. Um, and, and, and one thing about away days, I brought it up on the last podcast. I don't know if you guys heard, but it's an experience, man. It's a bonding moment with people. It's, it's a moment to explore different cities. It's an excuse to go try new food. Um, so why not go try some dank ass Mexican food in Houston, some dank ass Southwest <laughs> barbecue, you know, like, yeah, yeah, sure. and, and go hang out and, and, and have a good time and make memories. Houston's a big awesome. one. Um, Orlando's going to be big in September. That one's for my birthday. That one's for my birthday. We actually play on my birthday this year on a Wednesday. That's going to be dope. So we're probably going to, you know, last year on my Wednesday also. Yeah, it's my first time getting a, 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 a birthday game, so that's going to be dope. And then the next, after that Wednesday, is is away at Orlando. So that one's going to be a big one, as always. And we also have LAFC earlier that month in September. Um, that one, that one, man, you know, that was our first game ever. And and um, Vice City, personally, not, not La Familia, but just Vice City alone, we have a big relationship with D9U, which are LAFC supporters. A lot of people kind of hate on it. They show out also. Weird. They do show out also, and and what well, a little bit of the history uncovering some some stuff. If, if people didn't really know about this, but um, you know when when Southern Legion and 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 Vice City, all of that was forming. Um, Vice City personally, we seeked out. Um, we we we'll go to LAFC games. Some of our members would go to LAFC matches, kind of try to absorb what they were doing over there, and you know get some advice because we we're getting into it. We wanted to hit the ground running. Um, and, and, and we seeked out a lot of advice and they were really open and, and, and nice to us. They, and you don't see that in supporters culture. You don't see a lot of people yeah. being like, oh yeah, cool, man. Like you want some advice? This is how it's done. No, a lot of stuff in supporters cultures is really, really locked down. Nobody teaches each other how yeah, to make combative. team photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of, it's a lot of intel that you hold down on, on how things operate. And, and a lot of it's uh, absorbed from wisdom. A lot of people are old school. They've been supporting teams in South America, stuff like that. So you kind of want to get that twist on, on how it's done in America. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're definitely accepting new members, Steve, always accepting new members. You can go to vicecity1896.com slash memberships. And um, we got our memberships available right now. I believe a hundred bucks. The kit came out this weekend. It's fire. I got to go get mine at the watch party this weekend. The box is sick. It's got some skulls and smoke on it. Comes with a shirt, a pin and some other collectibles, I think. So nice. I can't wait to go get my membership box. But um, yeah, bro, we, we, we got a lot of advice from them. And and it's funny because I think the team noticed and, and we we're letting them know. And I believe even the teams were in contact, you know, like, hey, 
you're an inaugural team. How did you guys do this? How did you guys do that? So the fact that we played our first game against them, I don't think was a coincidence. I think it was also the MLS scene like, hey, you know, this is one shiny new toy. Big um, market. Showing, yeah. Welcoming the, the other shiny new toy. And, and, and even Don Garber said it when we traveled to LAFC that time. He said that was the best traveling support he's ever seen. And it was, it was, man. LAFC was huge. We did a trip like that to Chicago. That was good. And and nothing like LAFC now. Do I think it's going to be as big? I really do hope so. But I don't know if a lot of Inter-Miami fans value the history as much as they should and and, and value that away day. But that's one I'm, I got to do, man. I got to do LAFC this year because of the history, because of everything we've been through. And I do think it's going to be an important game late in the season. And uh, tickets are kind of expensive right now, but I got to lock them down. I got to lock them down and I got to make that trip happen for sure. So definitely LAFC, Orlando, maybe Houston, maybe not for me. But I a lot of my city is in Houston. I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to Atlanta. I'm dying to go to that stadium. And uh, Charlotte is another one. I love the stadium in the middle of yeah. downtown. I want to go to Charlotte. It's the last game of the season. So I'm going to try to be going out there for that. Yeah, um, bro. Chris, do we have anything here for uh, Bernie before we, we close this out? Well, before I get to my toast, right? So Lucho Becerra just said, we returned the favor last year. Nothing but respect for our brothers and sisters from D9U. So he's singing the same tunes as you, Bernie. So yeah, that's, we, that, we that's, a- that's respect. They threw a party for us um, with that first game, man. It was one of the best things ever. Shout out to the cake they made for us. Most delicious cake I've ever had in my life. I'm going to be asking before we go out there, please make the cake again. Because if they're making the cake again, I'm, I'm definitely going. But nah, yeah, and then we threw a party for them when they came last year. So the love just keeps getting reciprocated over and over again. And I think that's going to be a last. We even got a song that we sing together. That's pretty dope. Um, that's sick. Mi, uh, mira, mira que locura. Mira, mira que emoción. It's a really dope song and it just keeps going and going. So it's it's something that's going to, I hope, last forever. Something we pass down to the kids. Their kids and our kids will be friends. And, and, you know, it's good in a a league full of so much animosity between supporters. It really does feel good to have uh, a brother in arms out there. Somebody who understands what we're trying to do. Well, and at the end of the day, it's true. What you're saying is we're, we're beefing with Galaxy now. Is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, we that, big time, big time. We, we just and, picked yo, up their beef. We did. And mutually, they picked up ours. They hit. They hit on Orlando big time for us too, bro. That shit's yo. That shit's like this, dog. Like it's really like <laughs> their, their hate is our hate and our hate is their hate. Now, when we play them, fuck them, a hundred percent. Yeah, they could go fuck off. I don't give a shit about that. When we play them, when it's when when the whistle blows, we're enemies. But after that, bro, it's all good. You know. Yeah. But what were you saying, Chris? Uh, I totally fucking forgot. Yeah, all good, bro. <laughs> if you remember, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke um, brought something up there. In the... Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get to the toast, right? Uh, we bring this on for every guest that we've had so far. And so we're going to go through some of the options. For some Oof. of you listening, maybe some of you guys mm. might know what we're talking about here. We got five pieces of steak, six pieces of toast. And six cups of coffee. I really don't give a crap about the coffee because none of it is Cuban coffee. Um, <laughs> but if you want, you could pick on it anyway. So what would be your choice between the steak, the toast, and or the coffee? All right. Before I got into Vice City, I would probably go with a three. When I was a kid, I would probably gone with like a four. I was yeah. never like the like the really the well done ever. But when I was a kid, I was kind of like, eh, icky. I moved on to like a three in high school. With Vice City, I'm all the way at one. Give me oh. one or two, bro. Red oh, and so juicy like, like that. So you 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 like your bread microwaved? <laughs> no, the bread the bread 
on the other way on the other side you talking about the toast or, or yeah yeah the toast no- yes it's not called toast right. and it's number one that's just that's just straight out of the package no but he's he's picking yeah. number one for the meat papa no for them oh, oh i'm doing the meat oh. i'm doing the meat yeah yeah, yeah we're doing the meat. Oh, oh, the meat oh oh okay i'm doing one or two i like it bloody i like it bloody it tastes really good it's like i don't know i just love it not great for that stomach or my digestion but god damn it tastes good um for the bread bro for the bread between two and three a little bit in between two and three i'm weird i don't like it too too toasty i like to i, I like to i like to get it like um like a nice and soft like I, it feels weird when my, when my when you bite into it and it's like quiznos and that shit's like oh yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i can't deal with like a five or a four but like a three yeah. i could put up with because it's still nice yeah. nice and soft a little bit but i, I prefer I it between a three. a three and a two yeah threes yeah. what about you guys what are you guys doing on the on the steak and the and the bread I'm a three all the way through. Three all yeah. the way through? Yeah, I'll yeah. fuck with the three or the two. And then for the toast, I'm going like five, bro. I love Quiznos. Oh, ew, bro. You, oh, man. No, no, that, that no. And then coffee, like you said, I don't really care. But, like, I'm somewhere in the middle in the coffee. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. There. I'm not a big coffee drinker either. You got to have that right. crunch with that toast, Papa. No, ah, really nah, too much crunch. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> My girl loves it. My girl, like, extra crunchy, burnt like that. Nah, Papa, I like it soft. Not too soft, but... (laughs) To to, to close this out, somebody brought it up earlier, and I forgot to put up the comment, but you were talking about how you wanted some silverware finally. Don't forget that we got (laughs) silverware. (laughs) We got that Charlotte Cup from last year, so don't forget. We should have a a mural of that picture somewhere in the stadium because that was our first cup. We got some silverware. You know, you got to take what you got. Which bathroom in the training facility do you think that's holding toilet paper in? <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. That's how you need to end the show. Just like that, Danny. All right, Bernie. Well, look, Bernie, let us know where they, where the people can find you and listen to your podcast because you are the man. You and Calypso do your thing. So go ahead. Hey, thank you guys, bro. I appreciate it. You know, our, our podcast really came from the heart. It's a little bit of a hobby. I love I love your podcast as well. You know, the more Inter-Miami content that's out there, the better for all of us fucking crazy fanatics that are just obsessed with hearing about Inter-Miami all day and, and hearing discourse because it, it's, it's great to have this team. So I'm happy to be part of this family of networks that we all kind of interact with each other, like how we're all cool with each other too. Um, sure. Right now we're on YouTube. We're on YouTube, uh, Ventanita CF. Um, we kind of dropped out of the podcast things. I wanted to talk to you guys in private about what you do for that with the ISM right. or some, you know, whatever subscription you have to get. But we'll I, I kind of just, yeah, yeah. So we'll put out. But right now we're just on YouTube. I'm kind of, I'm gonna dig in just being on YouTube for now. But maybe I do have the recordings. We do have the files, so maybe I do get back on podcast and and put everything back up. So yeah, if you're looking for us, we're on Ventanita CF on YouTube. You could get us Ventanita CF on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Facebook? No, I don't think we're on Facebook yet. But um, yeah, bro, come and talk to us. Akeem, Akeem really holds it down on Twitter a lot. Some of those tweets are me. I come in there every now and then and then kind of put my part in. And he does a good job on the Instagram too. I do a little bit of Instagram as well. But um, it, it, it's definitely fun being part of this, man. It's it's definitely really cool talking about Inter Miami every day. It's a dream come true having Calypso um, as my partner in crime. He's another one. We were talking about Wilson and how we met. 
um, we're on mutual friends through Wilson uh, through the Miami FC games. I met Calypso at that at that point in my life too, and that was a great point in my life meeting meeting the, uh, those people, Julian Wilson, Natasha, and um, and Calypso, bro. It was it was really cool people that are, that are going to be family through and through because we're just crazy about this team, crazy about supporting this team, man. So if you want to catch me in real life, Vice City, eighteen ninety six, come out to the middle between that sections one hundred eight one hundred nine. If you're about that crazy life, we're out there in the beer showers, going crazy, jumping on rails. Um, so yeah, if you want to see me out there in the green lot in the community field, that's where I'm at. If you want to catch me on Twitter, Pentanita CF Wario 64. But uh, I just wanted to thank you guys too for bringing me on today, bro. I had a lot of fun and um, looking forward for to sure. listening back to this one. It's gonna be a dope one, bro. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Chris, anything else for the people? That is it, my guys, and it's on to miércoles nine o'clock so live on fun. YouTube. We'll have uh, Italy Jet. Uh, preview and he doesn't uh not italian even though it might as well be italian uh, <laughs> toronto fc podcast so he'll help us preview the game for saturday and uh, we'll catch you guys then wednesday night 9 p.m till then see you guys have a good one